Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home of NARC Troopers. Today we're going to talk about the topic of how the narcissist is Peter Pan. And a shared fantasy with them is really like living in Never Never Land. Let's hear something for just a second and see if you recognize it. I don't want to go to school Just to learn to be a puppet And recite a silly rule And if it means that it would be Then it's my dignity to climb a tree I won't grow up, won't grow up, won't grow up so that's a little excerpt from the um from a performance of that song from the peter pan movie and broadway play uh called never grow up and that is a primary feature in the um the pathology of narcissism the um the inability to actually uh, mature developmentally past a very young age. So, you know, narcissism comes up a lot in discussions about Peter Pan syndrome, um, but they are really not the same thing, not exactly. You know, everyone with traits of Peter Pan syndrome also have traits of um, narcissism to some degree, but that doesn't necessarily mean they have narcissistic personality disorder. People with the actual malignant NPD are developmentally stuck between ages of about four and eight, typically. So essentially, they are children in an adult body. And I think it would serve us to remember that in dealing with them. There are commonalities between people with NPD and those who merely have Peter Pan syndrome. Let's look at some of these similarities. Um, people with narcissism may also possess these qualities. Number one, a failure to accept accountability or to be responsible for their choices, their actions, or the consequences of any of that. Number two, a pattern of impulsivity and recklessness acting before they actually think about it, um, not being able to engage their prefrontal cortex in decision-making. Number three, they consistently blame others, which is something called blame shifting for anything that is not um, flattering to them or anything that's uncomfortable. So. That means they have no accountability for their actions, which goes back to the first one. But um, blame shifting is, is the third one. Number four, prioritize personal desires over others' needs. They don't really think about how their actions are going to be impactful to others. They only know that um, it's not something that they want to do. And that's the um, 
thing that drives them is what they want. The next one for fear of criticism or conflict. They must always win. They sort of look at things like it's just a game. Uh, it's not even uh, real. It's just a game to them that they're playing, and they always have to win. It's like being stuck playing Candyland forever and always having to let them win or having a problem. Yes, Candyland with a petulant child. The next one is the inability to plan for long-term um, goals, long-time future, um, anything like that. They live in the now. They are the poster child for mindfulness in a bad kind of way because they lack the ability to um, do what needs to be done to build a future and to do that wisely and responsibly. They can't. Um, the next one is the inability to manage emotions or their inability to self-regulate their emotions, their feelings, their, you know, what's going on with them. They don't handle it very well. Another characteristic is that they are cute, charming, childlike even, adorable, sweet sometimes. Um, there's something very seductive and attractive about someone who has what appears to be innocence and vulnerability and kind of a, a childish view of the world. Um, you know, there's something very enticing about that, I think, that draws us to them. Um, okay, the next one, I've lost count, so I'm just going to say, the next one, they don't understand what love is. They only know infatuation and idealization, but as far as real actual, mature love, they have no idea what that is. They've never experienced it, and um, they don't know how to feel that. They don't know how to um, have that kind of relationship. So the next one is that they need <clears throat> immediate gratification. They don't want to wait uh, for delayed gratification. They want it now. They want what they want, when they want it, like right now. <clears throat> and so that's very much like a child, right? Children are that way. They Another characteristic uh, that they share is that they are self-sabotaging. They do this with everything, <clears throat> hobbies, careers, relationships. They self-sabotage themselves. Um, so as a result, they often have career changes, they reinvent themselves multiple times, or they have, uh, they never experience a great deal of success because of that self-sabotaging uh, component. The next one is they have frequent identity changes. They reinvent themselves often. And, you know, there may be different iterations of them that don't resemble the one that came before, which I guess everybody does to some degree as time passes they make adjustments and modify and adapt to changes in their life, but this is on a whole different level. They, <clears throat> a lot of times, just become a completely different person. Um, they're easily bored. They tire of routines, and there's a sense of entitlement and grandiosity. And that is a developmental part of growing up, the 
entitlement and grandiosity. Uh, every child that is growing up, you know, it's part of their normal childhood development to feel that way. It's just, it's adults. We <clears throat> come to terms with how that's not always um, correct. So people with NPD are emotionally stuck at a young age. Um, adult narcissists, um, they use sophisticated versions of childlike responses because that's all they're capable of comprehending. They adapt um, like five-year-old responses and behaviors to adult situations. When you think about this frozen child syndrome, um, and that every person with NPD has this to some degree, the often confusing and frustrating actions of the narcissist really begin to make sense. And here it is. They are children trapped in an adult body. So once we know that and accept that, it's going to really be a, um, enlightening, a game changer for the people in relationships with them. So it doesn't mean that everybody has to grow up at some point, you know, necessarily, but um, it's like we do in different ways. And um, the narcissist has certainly found the fountain of eternal youth and never has to succumb to the indignities of aging. He perceives adulthood as a painful experience to be avoided at a great cost to his own self-realization and awareness of reality. By remaining a small child, toddler, or perhaps even a you know, four or five-year-old, everyone caters to his narcissistic needs and there is no need to assume responsibility for anything. He is free to do what he pleases, when he pleases, with whomever he pleases, and all without accountability or remorse or any kind of ethics or morals. The person with pathological narcissism is a victim of trauma who became frozen at that time in their development. Everything essentially stopped. Their brain was even rewired and ceased to develop and grow in a normal way, creating less gray matter and other mental and emotional deficits that you just really can't <clears throat> do anything about that as grown adults. Um, make no mistake, their childhood childlike qualities make them <clears throat> irresistible in so many ways. And as predators, they have usually cultivated a bag of tricks to dazzle you with their weapons of mass seduction. You know, it's kind of like eating the magic flower <clears throat> in the land of the lotus eaters and enjoying a, enjoying a complete loss of self. It's like being enchanted by a Svengali wizard man-child you know, they are, um, they are that book, you know, the petite prince, the little prince who cannot understand his world. That's who they are. They're the little prince. Uh, le petite prince. Narcissists are smart enough to observe that children get away with a lot and have quite a few narcissistic traits. So if it works for them, 
it must be something that is worth emulating in order to get their way. So when it comes to children, they envy them, they hate them, they mirror them, and they compete with them for narcissistic supply fuel, which is a, is a commodity that is a, in short supply. Children require excessive admiration, adulation, attention, and affirmation to feel supported, safe, and happy. It is a fleeting phase that leads to the development of self-regulation. People with NPD remain dependent on others for their self-esteem and self-worth. They are fragile and fragmented and cannot develop their own. The narcissist remains a child, refusing to grow up by avoiding the qualities and benchmarks of adulthood, as well as forcing others to accept his eternal youth. You know, um, remaining a child is easy, stress-free, unfettered, liberating. It feels good to be adored, get attention and affection, and have every need met without effort. You know, um, partners of people with NPD are parentified and act as mothers or father if your narcissist partner is a female. Many times the partner plays a role too, you know, while the narcissist is Peter Pan, the partner is Wendy. And so there is some weird parent role that partners fulfill in these relationships with people with NPD. Wendy represents the caretaker, the parentified partner, enabler, codependent in the relationship. She possesses the maturity the, so that Peter can be free to maintain his boyish charm. She assumes the role of responsible provider while the narcissist indulges in irresponsible, selfish, reckless behaviors. And what about Tinkerbell? Dismissed by Peter, um, you know, who decided that Wendy possessed the higher quality of fuel, Tinkerbell was heartbroken. In the original story, Peter flies back to find Wendy, and Tinkerbell dies in that year after that happens. And the sad part is that Peter no longer remembers her. He no longer remembers her. You know, that is the way that narcissists are. When they leave, they hit the reset button and everything is erased. It is as if you never even existed. Those of you who are mothers will understand this reaction. When you see your baby, the mere sight or smell of him or her makes your breast tingle and dribble as the milk lets down um, in a most instinctive kind of way and intrinsically natural way, you know. With um, So this phenomena with this narcissistically disordered person is actually quite similar. It only takes a brief glance or whiff of their pheromones. You know, they all smell like cookies, don't they? At first, at least. Um, and just one little whiff of that and you're off to the races. Swooping in and scooping them up to give them some delicious, sweet, mana, uh, unlimited mother's milk. Um, never have you known someone so hungry 
and the satisfaction of filling them up and keeping them cozy is just irresistible. The hard part to realize is that they are, um, they are always playing a game and they are playing you. The mother's milk is your debit card, your constant coddling, blind faith, your innocence, your holy adoration, and your deification. You become their acolyte, their cult follower, brainwashed groupie, mindless slave, and harem concubine. You are exploited. You are mined for resources, soul-raped, objectified, and marginalized. But, you know, the weird part is that you don't even notice that all of that is happening, that you instinctively are responding to them like you do to the baby that needs to be fed, you know? The mother's milk that lets down is some kind of other, uh, you know, not um, what it should be, not, it, it's not healthy when it's the narcissist that is is the hungry infant waiting to be fed. The whole dynamic is similar, but this one is pathological. Um, you know, they are such a cutie patootie. You know, I swear they all have dimples and a cherubic charisma that would just melt the polar ice caps um, in a second. You know, forget your biological clock. You don't need a smelly, drooling, real baby because you have the most adorable baby on the planet. He is completely dependent on your love to feed his emptiness. And even after you discover that he is possibly Rosemary's baby, or that demon child Damien from the Omen movies, you know, you still can't abandon him, abandon him on a doorstep or call for an exorcist. He's your little monster. You're, and he is perfect and sexy and sweet and so, so lovable. But make no mistake, you know, this baby has teeth and he's a biter. Yeah. Uh, many of you understand that uh, on a very personal level. So Peter Pan could never grow up, and a narcissist can never be a man. The ability to think of other people uh, as, as humans, as people, and not just as objects in the game of your life is a, characteristics, is a characteristic of adulthood. For Peter the eternal child. Thinking of other people as people is utterly impossible. They're incapable. Uh, Peter is as is innocent and heartless, and no one truly matters to him beyond himself. A person with NPD is no different. They see people as one-dimensional, interchangeable parts, not as flesh and blood, three-dimensional human beings. Everything is just a game, and they must always be the winner. The narcissist grandiosity and egocentric worldview create a man-child without empathy or, or the ability to um, feel compassion for others or remorse.
So why does the narcissist refuse to grow up? Most likely, the answer could be that remaining a perennial toddler meets all of their narcissistic needs and lines up with the narcissist's inner psychodynamic landscape. Peter Pan is essentially the quintessential uh, child for similar reasons. Both sides of the selfish child, you know, the, um, the fantasy and the nightmare, they dwell side by side um, in both eternally young figures, Peter Pan and the, and the person with NPD. Um, they, they dwell side by side, this fantasy and this nightmare. It's often said that women want a man, not a boy. Well, for many, the boy is just so much more fun and so damn irresistible. Who wants some uh, crusty old fuddy-duddy when you can fly above it all in a land of magic and be uh, canoodled by an enthusiastic and playful partner? You know, for some, the urge to parent them, you know, to parent the narcissist is simply undeniable. We must, at any cost, coddle them with warm cookies and cold milk um, or their version, which would be instead of, <laughs> instead of cookies and cold milk, it would be some kind of smoking hot porn style sex capades and maybe a tall glass of cold shoulder or absence or something like that. <laughs> Um, for many of us, we cannot wake from this dream. You know, all the world is made of faith and trust and pixie dust. That's a line from the book that best sums it all up. All the world is made of faith and trust and pixie dust. I'll teach you how to hop on the wind's back and then away we go. And that's what they tell you. That's straight from Peter Pan. And oh, what a thrilling ride that is. Then, in a blink of the eye, they're gone. And they take all the magic with them and suck all the color out of your world. They teach you how to see the world through the eyes of a child. And when you fall back to earth, it is a rude, hard awakening. Remember, Remember this, they are not part of this world. They ride on the wings of butterflies where all in the imagination comes to life. They can never be part of your world, the adult world, the real world, not even if they tried. You know, they, uh, they stand outside the intimate world of adults who know how to love. They're always on the outside looking in. Stars are beautiful. This is another quote. Stars are beautiful, but they may not take part in anything. They must just look on forever. That's another quote from Peter Pan from the book. Stars are beautiful, but they, they may not take part in anything. They must just look on forever. And that bright, shiny star, well... That's the person that you love.
who has NPD, who is the child, the man-child, the one who lives in the magical, magical technicolor world of, of Never Never Land. So that's it for today, guys. Um, it's tough being an adult. What are you going to do, you know? Uh, in many ways, at least it's real. Think about it that way. So, yeah, let's keep it real. And forgive me for having really bad allergies or something today. I hope it's allergies and not something else. I'm all, um, you know, <laughs> coughing and um, dripping and, and sneezing and all of that today. So <clears throat> thank you for tolerating my um, my allergies today. And I will talk to you again really, really soon. Okay, keep it real. Bye. There was a time when I was alone, nowhere to go and no place to call home. My only friend was the man in the moon, and even sometimes he would go away too. Then one night as I closed my eyes, I saw a shadow flying high. He came to me with the sweetest smile, told me he wanted to talk for a while. He said, Peter Pan, that's what they call me. I promise that you'll never be lonely ever since that day.